This is the EM Student Podcast, aimed for students on their EM rotation on their drive in the shift. We'll cover high-yield topics and tips in 10-minute segments to get you a head start to succeeding in the ED. This is Brad and Peter, and we're back with another episode. Today's topic, approaching chest pain in the ED. So Peter, let's tackle chest pain today. I'll give you a couple of cases, and you tell me your approach, differential, and workup. We'll do this lightning round style, so you get to ask me a few questions for some additional information but we'll be looking to quickly form a differential and a plan. Sounds great. Let's do it. Great. Case one, a 52-year-old female with a past medical history of hypertension and hyperlipidemia arrives to your ED with substertal chest pain radiating over both arms that started while she was out for a jog. Vital signs, temperature 98.2, heart rate 110, blood pressure 160 over 80, and status 98 over Romare. She's got a past surgical history of a hysterectomy, and her social history, she's a smoker, no drug use, and no alcohol. Great. So first up, I'd like to gather a little bit more information. Already in my mind is the initial differential for a middle-aged female with chest pain. That includes acute coronary syndrome, pulmonary embolism, atypical chest pain, just to name a few. I'm going to definitely consider the five deadly causes of chest pain. Great. Remind me of what these are. And plus, see if you can add a six one for brownie points. No problem. So PE or pulmonary embolism, myocardial infarction, aortic dissection, cardiac tamponade, and pneumothorax. And also, we can't forget Borhiv syndrome. Perfect. All right. So back to our case. Yeah. A bit more information so I can hone my diagnosis. So first off, is the chest pain exertional? And also, are there any associated symptoms like nausea, diaphoresis, which I know is a bad one to have? Also, is there any shortness of breath? Yeah, she notes the pain was worse when jogging. She had to stop to catch her breath. She notes associated nausea and diaphoresis. Okay, well, does the chest pain radiate to her back? Also, are there any associated neurologic symptoms like paresthesias or weakness? Nope, she denies. So now aortic dissections really fall off my list. I'm highly considering ACS, and I think we need to consider pulmonary embolism as she's tachycardic and short of breath. I would want to review PE risk factors with her, like, say, exogenous estrogen or any recent surgeries or immobility, just to name a few. You already told me she's a smoker, but that's a small one. She's had a recent hysterectomy two weeks ago, and she said that the shortness of breath and chest pain came together at the same time. So I know we're moving quick but let's move on over to her physical exam. On exam, she's non-toxic appearing, tachycardic to about 100, normal heart and lung sounds. She doesn't have any reproducible chest pain to palpation, and she doesn't have any JVD or low extremity edema. Anything else you'd like to know on physical exam? Yeah, definitely. So first off, does she have palpable radial pulse bilaterally? I just want to cover my basis to really knock down dissection on the list. Yeah, uh, good pulses, radial, and two plus DPs. So take me through a summary statement, your differential, and then let's talk about the plan now that we've had her physical exam covered. Okay, no problem. So we have a 52-year-old female, past medical history of hypertension, hyperlipidemia. She's also a smoker. She arrived with exertional chest pain while jogging. Associated with shortness of breath, she was diaphoretic, and she was also nauseous. She recently had a hysterectomy and is now tachycardic on arrival. Otherwise, her physical exam is unremarkable. From most to least likely, I'm considering, first off, ACS. Also pulmonary embolism, anemia, dysrhythmia. It's unlikely aortic dissection. 
and also unlikely pneumothorax, just to name a few. That's a great differential. What's your plan? Well, I want a cardiac workup, including CBC, BMP, troponin, D-dimer, EKG, and chest x-ray. So the CBC is for anemia. The BMP, let's rule out electrolyte abnormalities. The troponin for ACS evaluation. The D-dimer, because she's moderate probability for PE via Wells criteria. And the chest x-ray, of course, to rule out pneumothorax and least likely aortic dissection evaluation. Let's say all of her labs in the MG encompass back normal. What do you think about her overall disposition? I'd want to evaluate her heart score for risk stratification. I'll cheat and look at MD-Calc. That's history, EKG, age, risk factors, and troponin. So her history is highly suspicious. That gives her two points. Her EKG was normal. Her age gives her one point, And then her risk factors gives her another two points, which includes hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and the fact that she's a smoker. Her troponin was negative. Overall, she's got a, a heart score of five. I'd like to keep her in observation for ACS evaluation. Awesome job. Don't forget to give her 324 milligrams of aspirin, as long as she doesn't have any contraindications. Consider nitroglycerin tablets for her chest pain, as her story sounds concerning for ACS. And make sure you've addressed her pain before you disposition the patient to the floor. If her pain continues, and we're talking about uncomfortable appearing not you go over there and she's texting on the phone. You want to consider repeat EKGs to ensure she doesn't evolve into an MI or develop dynamic EKG changes. Let's move on to the next case. A 15-year-old female comes in with complaint of chest pain while playing kickball. She notes a few seconds worth of chest discomfort and feeling lightheaded and nearly passing out. Vital signs? Temp 98, heart rate 98, blood pressure 120 over 70, and satting 98 over mare. Past medical history, none. Past surgical history, none. Social, no smoking, denies drugs, no alcohol. So initially from this case, I'm considering dysrhythmia. If she doesn't have any past medical history or concerning family history, acute coronary syndrome is really unlikely in a 15-year-old. I also want to consider pulmonary embolism. Not that it's more likely in the younger population, but it's a life-threatening cause of chest pain that is seen in the younger population. So sticking with our history, does she have any family history of early heart disease? Also, any family history of dysrhythmia or sudden cardiac death? No early family history of heart disease, her mother notes. She did have two cousins, though, who died during exercise when they were younger. That's pretty unfortunate and also concerning. I definitely want to get an EKG on her. Great. What are the concerning things you're looking for on an EKG? Well, I know for dysrhythmias, the obvious stuff like second degree and third degree blocks, as well as atrial flutter supraventricular tachycardia, and atrial fibrillation. Is there anything else I should be looking for? Yeah, consider five life-threatening causes of dysrhythmia on the EKG. I recommend taking a look at each of these over on Life in the Fast Lane for a deeper dive. But to review quickly, they are log and short QTC. Obviously, you're going to check out the QTC. WPW, look for a short PR and a delta wave. Brugada syndrome. You're going to look over V1 and V2, and you'll check out the morphologies you're looking for over on Life in the Fast Lane. Hypertrophic, obstructive, cardiomyopathy, or HOCAM. You're looking for dagger-like Q waves over the inferior lateral leads. And a much less common one, but one that's good to know, arrhythmogenic right ventricular dysplasia, and you're looking for epsilon waves over these. Gotcha. I'll definitely have to look those up. Life in the Fast Lane is a good resource. 
So assuming your EKG is normal, I think I would employ the PERC criteria. And the PERC criteria is the PE or pulmonary embolism rule out criteria. Just to further define her as a low risk and that I don't need to further evaluate her for pulmonary embolism. Awesome. Really impressed in citing the PERC criteria. And don't forget, you don't need to memorize these. You can check these out over on MDCalc. But really great to know so that way you can rule out a PE. Her EKG has dagger-like Q waves though. You expertly get a stat echo since you were concerned for Holcomb and find out that she has Holcomb. Not only her, but later her family gets additional testing and they find out their cousin has it too. She gets started on a beta blocker and gets a defibrillator. You saved not one life, but probably two lives. You saved her cousin too. Yeah, that was a really cool case. I mean, that's uh, definitely something that we commonly see on USMLE and in real life. Yeah, great job. A few additionals just to wrap up. In general, I like to group my chest painters in three categories. Young, ages 0 to 30, without significant risk factors for heart disease. These patients are really unlikely to have ACS. Not impossible, but unlikely. 30 to 50, I'll usually consider ACS if it's a good story. If it's a pretty good story, atypical chest pain, like I lifted something heavy and now my chest hurts when I touch the spot and when I move my arm, and their history convinced me this is a musculoskeletal complaint, often I'll just do a screening EKG for ACS. And usually over 50 years of age with chest pain, I'll need a really good reason to be convinced why not to do an ACS evaluation if someone arrives with chest pain. This doesn't mean everybody over 50 needs a troponin. It just means have a higher concern for ACS over in these patients. So there are some conditions that change this and give people much higher risk. These are patients with HIV. The antiretrovirals as well as the HIV virus tends to beat up the vessels and cause advanced early atherosclerosis. Autoimmune diseases, particularly lupus as it causes pro-inflammation that causes early coronary artery disease, as well as cocaine abuse in patients with chronic kidney disease, CKD, particularly dialysis patients. All these patients are in a high-risk category. So great job today, Peter. So for recap, our five deadly causes of chest pain, acute coronary syndrome, pulmonary embolism, aortic dissection, pneumothorax, and Borhoff syndrome. Five deadly causes of dysrhythmia on the EKG, long and short QTC, WPW, Brugada syndrome, hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, and arrhythmogenic right ventricular dysplasia. Thanks for tuning in to the EM Student Podcast. Please email us at emstudentpodcast at gmail.com with any comments on the material or idea for future podcasts. Remember, the ED is a serious place, but it's also about doing what you enjoy. Good luck and go have some fun.